Yay, yay! Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Podcast. It is week 10, and I am here with the only two twins that are over the phone again. We're, you know, we're getting that new studio ready, but we cannot let the new studio stop us from giving you the best fantasy advice out there. Michael, Jason, say what up. What's up, fellas? Week 10. Let's do this thing. Right in the thick of things in the playoff hunt. That's Michael. Playoff races galore. There you go. Uh, we are the Brodo Fantasy Podcast. We are here to give you everything you need to gear up for the fantasy football playoffs. And it begins. All right, so it is week 10. It is officially that double-digit week, so it is officially playoff time. So you're going to need the Brodo Fantasy Podcast as much as you can. BrotoFantasy.com for anything that you need. We have our waiver rankings up there right now. We will have our weekly rankings up there tomorrow. They're they're up now, Tim. They're up now. You guys already got the weekly rankings up? It's Wednesday, bro. No fooling around. You guys are killing the game out here. So they're already up, BrotoFantasy.com. That's also a living, breathing document. As the news gets different, as the week goes on, the rankings will be updated. On top of that, you can listen to all of our stuff, Brodo Fantasy, on iTunes and SoundCloud. Also, at Mike Mike Petra or Mike underscore Petra. Mike, Mike underscore Petra. Mike underscore Petra. At Jason Petra. At Tim Petra on all social media levels for me. Uh, so whatever questions you may have, follow at Brodo Fantasy also on Twitter. Uh, if you're not around the TV and you can't get to it, we live tweet every single uh, every single touchdown. Um, so yeah, let's get it started. You guys ready? Yeah, Always. Good. All right, let's start. We're born ready. Let's start with the we're Thursday night game together in the womb, ready to talk about fantasy football. Hmm. Interesting. I'm going to leave that right there. Um, <laughs> to the, the bye week teams this week, by the way, Ravens, Vikings, Broncos, Texans. Um, two less teams, but just as many fantasy options not available. So uh, let's start first with the Panthers at the Steelers. Uh, let's start on the Panthers side since they're the away team. Um, let's start right off the back with the quarterback. Cam Newton has been a killer. Uh, they'll have to score to keep up with the Steelers. I think Cam Newton's the MVP this season, although his numbers don't say it. I think he's been playing the best of any player out there. Uh, you're obviously starting Cam Newton. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I think Cam Newton is not uh, getting enough love in the MVP conversation. Uh, just talking non-fantasy-wise for a second. He's playing the most efficient ball he's ever played. He's He almost he basically has like Tom Brady's numbers, but he's also running like he does. So I, I agree that he's not getting enough love. And when you have a guy like Cam Newton who's playing at an MVP level, what do you do? You start him happily. I offered Jason a trade for Cam Newton today. Did you see that yet, Jason? No. What is it? <laughs> Tell us. Tell was, us through air. Uh, Mitch Trubisky and Cortland Sutton. That's not a terrible yeah, offer. I, I expected worse from you, Tim. I'm, I'm yeah, honestly, I was expecting like a very bad trade offer. That's, that's not too bad. We can well, work the, on that. The reason is because Cam Newton's uh, championship week – uh, schedule week so 14, 15, 16 is glorious, and I'm trying to get all of that. I didn't want to say that to J- I was hoping he saw the trade before this, but he didn't. You don't think I know that? I know that. I know you know, but just in case you didn't, <laughs> you know, I'm about to, I'm about to try to get Cam Newton from Jason now. My team's good enough to trade depth Uh-oh. for Cam Newton. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm liking this. I'm liking Uh-oh. this. 
Uh, Jason might have a bidding war in his hand, but until then, so you're obviously playing Cam Newton. Let's talk about the, his uh, ancillary characters. Uh, Chris- I, I'm going to jump in real quick. Yeah, Before we, uh, he's, it's, I'm going to mention an ancillary character because I'm very mad at this guy because I always, always, my entire life, the entire season, all I've done is shit on Devin Funches. I finally, finally come around a little bit when he has good matchups and all he does is shit the bed. So I'm <laughs> done defending the guy. Well, what do you mean you're done defending the guy? You defended him for one week. Yeah, and I'm done with it. <laughs> I'm going I, back to the dark side. So let's talk about Devin Funches then before we talk about Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Joe Hayden's been great this year, but the rest of the defense has been susceptible to the pass. So in terms of Devin Funches going up against Joe Hayden, is that something you're looking at? And is Devin Funches a guy that you're even considering sitting this week? I think Funches is a, at this point, he's no more than a touchdown dependent wide receiver three. And if you look at the wide receiver landscape, especially with the bye weeks with a, a lot of good teams with good uh, receivers, the Vikings, Texans, Broncos, all these teams of good receivers that you start. Uh, once you get to the back end of the 30s, it's very hard to, uh, you know, think that someone's a better play than Devin Funches. So I do think Devin Funches has wide receiver three. Uh, he's a high-end wide receiver three this week, all, as much as I was shitting on him. But I do think that he's very touchdown dependent. So you're either going to get five points off of 50 yards or you're going to get a touchdown in 70 yards. You're hoping for the touchdown. Michael, how are you feeling about Devin Funches? Uh, yeah, he has slack of late, but it's just been the way the Carolina offense has been running with Curtis Samuel and DJ Moore back-to-back games being super efficient with their touches. You, we saw that double reverse Curtis Samuel run that ended in a 35-yard touchdown run that had every single fantasy owner of any Carolina Panthers super pissed because uh, you have Christian McCaffrey not scoring, Cam not scoring, DJ Moore not scoring, and Curtis Samuel getting 10 points on the play. But plays like that have been a big reason, and Greg Olson is getting more involved in the offense again. But I'm not super uh, – I'm not – I'm. I still like Funches this week against Pittsburgh and what I think is going to be a little bit of a high-scoring Thursday night game. So I think he'll get his opportunity, seven to eight targets. It's, it's a good, good week for him to find the end zone. I even so. think that DJ Moore has some wide receiver three appeal this week. Not much has changed. It's a short week, so Torrey Smith isn't really going to be getting onto the field. So that means DJ Moore is going to be around. Last week, he played 86% of the snaps, so he was out there. It's just that Curtis Samuel made the splash plays, and I think that as long as, you know, it's not too good of a secondary in Pittsburgh, they're giving up the seventh most points to wide receivers. Uh, DJ Moore is a pretty athletic guy with a quarterback who's playing very good at the moment. So I think that he has some uh, wide receiver three flex potential in a week where a lot of people are going to fade him just because they were disappointed last week. So DJ, so I, I'm one of the people who are starting DJ Moore, and I'm oh, as some people were disappointed by his performance last week. I kind of liked it because you got to think that that Curtis Samuel um, work is eventually going to go to DJ Moore. Michael, what do you think? I like DJ Moore as a wide receiver three this week as well. I think it's a the post hype week for him that is going to get a lot of people scared off because he didn't really take advantage of. The great matchup last week, but you can't really blame him for that, the way that game went. And if Hayden is going to be on Funchess, which we expect to happen most of the game, then DJ Moore is going to have an opportunity to work Cody Sensabaugh and the other receivers there. So I'm uh, 
I'm I'm starting DJ Moore as a wide receiver three this week. All right, so let's talk about Greg Olson because we that was a guy that we were not uh, high on coming into the year, and lo and behold, he's coming back and he's the tight end one that everyone has been uh, dreaming about, and who some people got on the waiver wire. So is this resurgence the real deal, and is he a tight end one the rest of the season? Seems like I, it to me. Uh, he he looks like he's finally back and healthy from where he was the last couple of years. Uh, I think that the Panthers made the right choice to letting him sit for as long as he could until he got healthy. And uh, he's looking like he's a – that was a beautiful catch in the end zone that he had last week, and it looks like he's getting becoming a bigger part of the offense as – the the year goes on back to his old style role and the the Steelers have been highly beatable against tight ends this week they're excuse me this year they're giving up the most yards per most yards per game against the tight end this year so it's a great matchup for Greg Olson uh Jason what do you think about Greg I mean he's averaging five targets the last two weeks there's three touchdowns in the last three games so uh, he's really picking up the pace with those. Uh, he's probably going to disappoint whenever he doesn't find the end zone. Uh, five targets a decent amount for tight ends, but it's not something they're going to, you know, write home about. So I think that Cam, uh, not Cam, Greg Olson has clearly jumped back onto the tight end one radar. It's honestly, it's probably the easiest radar to be on. So it's really not saying much, but he has been playing well recently. So I am firing up Greg Olson confidently this week. Let's talk about Run CMC, uh, who's been on an absolute touchdown tear ever since Jason said he doesn't score touchdowns. <laughs> I've been saying it for ago. two years now, and it's still packed. So. <laughs> well, not the last three weeks. He's got five touchdowns in the last three weeks. But this week he is in Pittsburgh, and they are the number one team in DVOA against the running back out of the backfield. But at the same time, it's a short week, so you know the Panthers are going to go to their go-to guys, uh, Christian McCaffrey being the main go-to guy. Uh, what's your outlook for CMC on this short week on a Thursday night? Michael, let's start with you. Yeah, I have him as my ninth running back this week. Jason has him at eight, so we have him similarly ranked. Uh, it's not a blow-up type game for McCaffrey as it was last week against Tampa Bay by any means. Uh, I would not be surprised if he has more along the lines of a 80 total yards with six reception type game where he ends with 12-ish fantasy points. So, but I mean – he is a huge part of the offense. He gets a million touches per game, so you, you have to fire him up as a RB1, even in a tough matchup. Jason, how are you feeling? Yeah, he's one of those guys that – I mean, he's playing more snaps than anyone literally on planet Earth in the NFL, so that's someone you have to fire up as an RB1. But the most yards that the Steelers have given up to a running back this year is 84 to Joe Mixon. That's all-purpose, too. So it's not a great matchup for McCaffrey. Uh, you Basically – what I'm thinking is you're going to have to hope that his touchdown parade continues or else you're probably going to be in for a disappointing day. So that is it. Are you considering starting Curtis Samuel? I, I, no, right? No. Those were all gadget plays. Yeah, they're gadget plays, and he made some astonishing. He ran on like a 35-yard touchdown. He ran 108 yards. Crazy. He just ran all over the place. Well, uh, he literally ran the entire time up the left sideline and then ended up scoring on the right sideline. So that gives you an idea, if you didn't see the play, of how exactly that happened. Let's go over to the Steelers' side. Uh, Big Ben at home is an absolute must-play. Uh, yeah, it's not a great matchup against Carolina, but as you said, he has all the weapons at his disposal, and he's just always played much better at home than on the road. It's a short week, so Carolina isn't going to be able to fully prepare for him. 
So, I mean, I'm firing up at Roethlisberger. Not as a high-end QB1, as a low-end QB1, but he's definitely <laughs> up there. Jason? Yeah, I'm, f- I'm firing him up as well as a back-end QB1. Uh, Carolina doesn't jump off the page as a great matchup, but he, uh, the Panthers have allowed two or more touchdown passes in seven games this season. Uh, Big Ben in prime time is someone that you want a slice of. So if you have Big Ben on your team, you have him for these home games, and it's a good matchup. The Steelers have won 13 of their last 14 uh, matchups on prime time, so Big Ben definitely steps up in the prime time slot. Um, James Bradbury, this is the time of the show where we remind you that ESPN once said fade Julio Jones <laughs> because he's going up against James Bradbury. But with that being said, James Bradbury has kind of had a good season this year. He's been much better. This is his third year. Locked down Mike Usually, Evans. Yeah, he did lock down. He locked down Mike Evans to a T last week for one catch for 10 yards, if I'm not mistaken. Eight uh, yards, I believe. Eight yards. Eight. Uh, James Bradbury has been better, but you're not even close to considering uh, – sitting AB, uh, but do you temper your expectations because Bradbury's been so good? I think that his expectations should be tempered just because of the way that the Steelers have been playing lately. Uh, if you look at AB's numbers, you see that he's been pretty touchdown dependent lately. And I say that, of course, with a grain of salt because we're talking about the AB here. So touchdown dependent means he's not putting up 100 yards a game because that's what you come to get used to with him. But I think that uh, – his volume hasn't been as high as it has been in the past. So without a touchdown, you might see a disappointing day. But, of course, it's A.B., so he could break out at any time. Michael? Yeah, um, I'm firing up A.B., obviously. He's on a six-game touchdown streak. So Juju is a guy I'm a little more – I'm not worried about him. He goes against Captain Munderland this week, so it's not a bad Do matchup. You know who... Also not a great matchup. I'm liking Juju a lot this week. Adam Humphreys just torched – the Panthers for eight catches, 82 yards, and two touchdowns out of the slot. I agree. I'm loving Juju. They they have given up. They've been beaten by slots and number twos this this year, Carolina. I think Juju is in for a bigger game. Uh, I think he's in for a bigger game than A.B. I, I mean, it's, it's kind of bold to say that, but I just think that's going to be the case. On the other hand, let's talk about another pass-catching option, Vance McDonald. Uh, Vance McDonald, I feel like he could be a good play. Carolina's 27th in DVOA against the tight end. They also give up the most points to the tight end of any team in the NFL, fantasy-wise. Vance McDonald is averaging five targets a game in his last three games. The only problem is he hasn't done anything with them. Uh, He doesn't seem to be the goal line tight end. That seems to be Jesse James' job. Uh, If you are a Vance McDonald owner, are you starting him? Yeah, so this is where the difference comes in between the two tight ends we're looking at here, McDonald and Olsen. For Olsen, we mentioned he's getting five targets a game, but he has three touchdowns in his last three games, so he's looking great. McDonald's getting five targets per game, no touchdowns, and he's not looking very good. So there's a difference there between touchdowns and the tight end field. But I think that, as you mentioned, Carolina's given up a lot of fantasy points, and you can tell when you look at their numbers, giving up 70 yards and a touchdown per game. McDonald is still running more routes than Jesse James, so I have him as a... High-end streamer this week. Uh, I think that it's hard to trust him at the moment, but it's a very good matchup. You just need to hope that McDonald is the one that finds the end zone and not Jesse James, and that's why he is lower on my rankings than where he would be if this tight end position was all to himself. So, Michael, McDonald, are you ba-da-ba-ba-ba loving it? I have him as my – that was the worst. 
<laughs> I have him as my 12th tight end this week. Well, 14th, but he comes in 12th overall. Mine and Jason's tight ends are pretty funny this week. We have one, two, three, four, five players tied at fifth, and then one, two, three, four players tied at 12. So we got them all in like the same bunch, just graded a little differently. But we basically agree on McDonald, back end, tight end one. If he's going to have another big game, it's going to be this week. So I'm okay with throwing him out there if he's my best tight end option. Uh, so let's talk about the story that everyone is talking about. Uh, every time you talk about the Steelers, you got to talk about this at least once. The Le'Veon Bell saga continues. He tweets so long Miami. We assume that that means he's going back to Pittsburgh. Uh, the only problem is Adam Schefter reports. He originally reported that he could not, that he could not re-sign with the team. I'm sorry. He could not be eligible for free agency if he didn't come back to the team by week 10. Now we're hearing. He can. It'll be. It'll be fine. He can still be eligible for free agency next year. Except the 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 uh, the Pitts. I won't say the Pittsburgh. The Steelers would be able to match any offer he gets, and I wouldn't imagine they would match any offer for a backup running back just to be spiteful. So, do you think Le'Veon Bell doesn't even show up? I know on this show, uh, unlike a lot of other shows out there who are telling you to sell on James Conner, we've been telling you, hey, keep James Conner. He's the third best running back in the league. You don't trade someone like that, especially when you don't know what's going on. I think even if Le'Veon Bell comes back, if I'm looking at the history of the Steelers and Mike Tomlin, I'm thinking to myself, hey, this is a guy who definitely is going to be the workhorse even when Le'Veon Bell comes back. Because why would a team go away from their star running back just because their old star running back came back? That's not the way the Steelers do things. So – what do you guys feel? Yeah. How do you guys feel about James Conner? I, to be honest, I'm pretty sure I went on a James Conner rant before Matthew Barry went on his Alfred Morris rant. So we got a little beef there now because rants are classified <laughs> information. But really, uh, you got to keep firing up Conner as RB1 and just act as if Le'Veon Bell isn't there because, as I've said in the past, you're not going to get the value for Conner that you can in the trade market because people are worried about Le'Veon Bell. It's week 10. We're assuming that he has to come back. He has to get acclimated to the offense again. Even though it's the same offense, they do have a new offensive coordinator from last year. He'll have to get into football shape. He was terrible in the beginning of the season last year. Uh, he'll have to take the job of someone who's been better than him for the last few years, if you look at the numbers. And then there's just so much that has to go into it. He's also injury prone. He's also suspension prone. So we're really going to bank on this guy? No, I'm going to keep firing. See people, uh, some people talking about James Conner. It's not a great matchup for him because Carolina's run defense has improved recently. But that's been against the Eagles, Ravens, and Buccaneers. There's like on um, those entire teams named Alex Collins, who doesn't even touch the ball that much. So that's I'm really not seeing much there. I think that James Conner will. He's a top five play once again, and he's going to continue to be a top five play if you drafted him or if you got him on the waiver wire. Congratulations, because. You're, if you're if you have James Conner and you're not in the playoffs, I I need to see a screenshot of your team because that's not. Yeah, I mean, when you get uh, when you pick up the third best fantasy running back either in the ninth round, like Michael did in our draft because we drafted after Labor Day, or in just the free agent class, how I did uh, in our Brodo Keeper League, which I can't believe i get to keep james Conner for the next three years god bless um you're chilling 
there's no reason why you shouldn't be unless you're not paying attention or you're just uh, that horrible. But if you're listening to this show, then you're not that horrible. Uh, but if you're not in the playoffs and you got James Garner, please send us a screenshot like Jason said because that's almost impossible. Real He's quick. Got- yeah, go ahead. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, I'm pretty sure the thing is with him is that he – the Steelers obviously aren't going to match any contract or whatever. The thing is that they could franchise tag him again next year if he doesn't report at all. But again so – Obviously, he doesn't want to go through this again. But why would not, but it would be, also it would be just out of spite though? Like it's uh, it doesn't yeah. they don't seem like an organization that's just gonna franchise someone out of spite. Yeah, and it would be but twenty five million dollars. I mean teams on franchise tag though, right? So if they don't plan using it on anyone else, why not tag him and then trade him for a fourth round pick? I mean you could do that. That that sure. That's a that's the risk you run. But no, I don't think they run the risk of this again, where Le'Veon has to sit out again. I just don't see this happening again. No, if I was them, if I wasn't planning on using it on anyone else, then I would tag the shit out of him and tell him to suck it and trade him. You're wow. the worst. You're a bad human. Thank God you're not a GM, or else you'd be put. Le'Veon Bell's a moron. Suck it. <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, anyone else in this game you want to talk about? No. Are you Are you excited about starting either of these defenses? Uh, not no. necessarily. No, I, I, I think I it's a good. I think it's going to be a good Thursday night game for a change. Yeah, for sure. All right, so let's move on. Actually, the Thursday night game has been all right this year. It's, it hasn't been that bad. Yeah, let's, on, move on. <laughs> let's move on to the next one, the Redskins at the Buccaneers. Let's start with the Redskins. The Redskins got absolutely ravaged by injuries last week. They lost two stars in the offensive line. Paul Richardson went down on IR. Um, but this week they're playing the worst defense uh, possibly in NFL history. Um, so what are your thoughts about the running back situation to start? AP is either great or horrible. He had one of his horrible games after a few great games in a row. Uh, Chris Thompson still dealing with that rib injury. Capri Bibb scored last week in his place. Uh, how are you guys looking at the running back situation to start with you, Michael? Um, I'm okay with riding AP again. He's been very uh, efficient this year when given – the opportunity last game just did not work in his favor because they fell behind early and they had to play from behind. And what seemed to be a perfect AP game turned out to be a really bad AP game. But I think he bounces back this week. I have him as our running back 16. We have him as our 17th running back overall. Tampa Bay's run, run defense is nothing to be afraid of. They they basically give up 40 points a game just, just because. And Does then, the loss of the two starting offensive linemen concern you? Well, every time you lose two offensive linemen, it's it's a big deal. But, I mean, they've been playing with a makeshift offensive line basically all year because of all the injuries they've dealt with. And besides uh, Gerald McCoy, there's not anybody on that line that's a really a run-stopper on that team. So how about Capri Bibbs or Chris Thompson? How are you feeling about the pass-catching backs? Uh, I mean, Capri Bibbs, it's more than likely going to be him. Chris Thompson has really hasn't played recently, and – who knows what's going on with him? But I mean, it's it's not a great role, but it's more of a low end flex option there if you have Capri Bibbs. But I mean, if you want to put him in your flex, if you're getting hurt by bye week players, it's not the worst idea. But I'm I'm not liking it by any means. Chris Thompson did not practice on Wednesday, still dealing with a rib injury. Uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be tough. Uh, Capri Bibbs did score a touchdown. It's two straight touchdowns in two straight games, though, uh, in the absence of Capri Bibbs. And he's going to get work. Uh, Alex Smith likes going to the running back out of the backfield. So I think you could do worse than starting Capri Bibbs uh, in your flex spot if you need it desperately. Uh, let's go over to the wide receiving options. Uh, 
Paul Richardson's injury. How does it affect the rest of the guys? Maurice Harris went off last game, 10 for 24. Is he someone you're looking at? He did it out of the slot. So if Jamison Crowder comes back, he's probably going to be no. Um, but is if Jamison Crowder does not come back, is Maurice Harris a guy that you can – you could probably get him now even after your waiver wires have closed. Um, is he someone you're looking at as someone who could be productive? Michael, I'll start with you. Yeah, we. Uh, I actually have Maurice Harris as my thirty-third receiver this week. I usually, I'm not one to jump onto the bandwagon of a guy after one huge game, especially after he's done nothing really to prove his worth any week before that. But when you have a huge game and then you go against Tampa Bay the next game, then definitely has to raise some eyebrows because they do not have anyone on that defense worth being afraid of and. Uh, I mean, if they're going to have to be throwing a lot, I could see Mo Harris getting another 10 targets and having a solid day. Jason? Yeah, he started in the slot for Jameson Crowder uh, twice now, and he has 20 targets in those two starts. So someone that – he was also talked up uh, coming out of their bye. So that's someone that you want to give a shot to this week because Atlanta is an absolutely atrocious defense. I'm sorry, Tampa Bay. And Atlanta is as well. That's who Washington played last yeah, week. And that's who, <laughs> yeah, and that's who Harris did his work against. So I think that someone has to do something. And the guy seeing the most targets, i.e. Maurice Harris, is the guy you want to start as your wide receiver three flex play from this game. Josh? I also think, Go ahead. Yeah, I also think that the loss of Paul Richardson, uh, it'll help Josh Doxson the most. It'll get him more looks on the outside. The last few weeks, I've mentioned that he's led the team in air yards. He's seeing a solid amount of targets. I actually scooped him up and started him in a league that I had a lot of buys in last week, and he scored a touchdown for me. So I think that he's a – you can do better, but he's like a last gasp flex play if you want to grab him and put him on your starting lineup. He may not look like a Brandon Cooks, Ted Ginn, Deshaun Jackson, but I feel like he is that kind of guy because he's always making circus catches – and he's he's going downfield, and if he can either give you a giant game or a nothing game, uh, what do you think it is this week, Michael? Do you think Paul? Do you think in the place of Paul Richardson, do you think Doxson can give you some fantasy production against one of the worst passing defense in NFL history, or do you think it's more Maurice Harris, Jordan Reed, Vernon Davis, guys like that? Uh, it's now or never for Josh Doxson, who. This, you cannot get a better matchup than this. Like Atlanta, at least they have Marcus Trufant on the outside, who's a very good cornerback. I mean, no, Brent Grimes isn't someone to be afraid of. Neither is uh, Carlton Davis or any of their other cornerbacks. So it's a great matchup for Doxson. It's uh, the, you never should feel happy about putting Josh Doxson in your starting lineup, but if the Bobby Crunch makes you do it, I he's not a terrible flex option. Speaking of now or never, Jordan Reed started off the year. He looked like he was going to be the old Jordan Reed of old. And now Vernon Davis co continues to outproduce him game after game. Uh, is Jordan Reed someone you can just cut at this point? If you have a better option, yeah, uh, go for it. There's, there's no reason really to hold him at this point. He's basically a lock not to get you double digits every week, which is not someone you want a part of. But then again, it's – a bad tight end landscape. So this is only if you have one of the top like tennish guys as well as Jordan Reed. So like a Craig Olson, David Njoku, Trey Burton, Jimmy Graham. If you have one of those guys, I just cut bait with Jordan Reed.
or I obviously have, any of the studs. I have Jordan Reed in one of my leagues, and I'm starting him this week, and I'm like, listen, if you can't do something against the second worst pass defense against the tight end in the entire league, then I don't need you anymore. Uh, sayonara. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just stream tight ends. True that. Man, tight ends have been the bane of my existence this year. I, I, I swear I've blown like like $80 in fab just on tight ends. It's crazy. Um, the Redskins' defense couldn't get off the field last game, allowed the Falcons to convert three out of every four third downs. Um, so with that being said, let's go over to the Bucks. You like Fitz Magic in this one? Well, let me just hop in and mention, as while we're talking about quarterbacks, Alex Smith. Uh, oh. He put up 17.44 points against Atlanta. That's probably the most Alex Smith score you could have guessed that he was going to put up, up against a bad defense. 17 points is basically the baseline for, like, a decent game, but nothing to write home about. And I feel like that's, like, his baseline for now. So, against uh, good defenses, he's just playing, like, his old self uh, before 2017. So, I think that if you want someone who's going to get you 17 points – then get Alex Smith. But if we're looking at the other side, Ryan Fitzpatrick, someone's I, someone I want. I mentioned it. Uh, I mentioned it before that the Redskins have allowed a quarterback to throw at least 300 yards in six straight games. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick has done that in his sleep this season. I don't see why you wouldn't keep riding the wave. Jason, why are you stealing my? Why are you stealing my 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 sayings, bro? Fitz is giving us the wave. We just gotta ride it. Hey, 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 hey. All right, so, uh, so Jason, is real. Jason likes Fitz Magic. Personally, I dropped Fitz Magic this week. I got what I needed out of him last week. I um, think you are. I think you are crazy, moronic, crazy absolutely moron. insane. Well, I'm sorry, Mr. Trubisky, and I'm picking up Andy Dalton for that stretch run week 14, 15, 16. I'm Andy Dalton myself. has disappointed in good matchups all year, and You're I'll crazy. mention later why Mitchell Trubisky's not in a good matchup. You so are you are insane. Listen, as um, long as as long as Ryan Fitzpatrick is starting, he's a top eight QB option, fantasy wise. And so was Winston. He has an eighty nine point eight PFF rating too. So it's not like he's just getting lucky. This dude is slinging the ball, man. So he is slinging the ball, and he's spreading out his options all over the place. Can you trust any receiver on this team right now to be a consistent scorer? And if you like, let's let's go through the receivers. Mike Evans, Adam Humphreys, Chris Godwin, Deshaun Jackson. How are you feeling about these guys this week? Uh, Mike Evans should be in for a bounce-back game. Uh, Josh Norman stays on his side of the field, so Evans isn't going to be lined up with him the whole game. Chris Godwin, he's pretty, been pretty disappointing. He He's a great receiver, but they're just not giving him the opportunities. For some reason, Adam Humphreys has been the new guy to step in and get all these targets. Deshaun Jackson hasn't been getting targeted nearly as much. So, I mean, uh, Mike Evans is really the only receiver that you could really trust out of these guys, I'd say. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, I still believe, is a wide receiver three this week for his big play potential. And uh, O.J. Howard is the guy that I love the most. I've been all over O.J. Howard all year, and he's just he's just been producing nonstop. So I'm very happy if I'm an O.J. Howard owner. And it uh, doesn't seem like he's going to stop producing anytime soon. Jason? Yeah, yeah. We had OJ Howard as our second tight end last week, and he did not disappoint with his two touchdown performance. He leads all tight ends in yards per target. He's basically what you want from a tight end. You either want him to be a red zone threat or have big playability because they don't see that many targets, and he has both. He's a big play 
tight end, and he also is a red zone threat. He's the total package of what you want in a fantasy tight end. So you're starting him happily and excitedly. Mike Evans uh, shit the bed last week seeing 10 targets, but he still saw 10 targets, and there's no one I'm really fading him for. I think that Deshaun Jackson uh, is the next guy up there. Washington's given up long touchdowns this season, and DJX, uh, he's been a little off the last few weeks, so he's waiting to pull one out. And then I think Humphreys has some flex appeal. He's just seeing more and more targets every week while Godwin's role is only in the red zone. So I'm, I'm going Humphreys over Godwin. And let me give a quick shout-out to the new passing down back, Jaquiz Rogers, basically making Peyton Barber 100% useless, like we've been saying all year. For some reason, he had a little reemergence with Winston under center. But Jaquiz Rogers, the Matrix, is back getting some passing down work. Uh, so Peyton Barber is not someone I'm going to trust with. He, I mean, he's a... He doesn't catch passes on a terrible team. It, it makes no sense. And he's not the, even a good runner. The Jaquiz Matrix. Jaquiz Rogers, I love you forever. Um, is there anyone else on this team you'd like to talk about? Anyone else in this game? I think I'll see it. I think we can move on. Let's go to the Cardinals at the Chiefs. Um, this one is a 16-and-a-half point line. So, uh, yeah, that, that's to say all you need to know about these two teams. Uh, the Chiefs have been really terrible on defense, and the Cardinals, they are shifting over to a new offensive coordinator, Byron Leftwich, and he says, he had said himself that he was like a parrot on Bruce Arians' shoulder, learning everything from Bruce Arians. Last week, we saw David Johnson being used in a whole bunch of different ways. He had a season, uh, well, last game that they played. Uh, he has his season high in receptions, again, coming off a bye. Uh, the Chiefs give up the most points per game in fantasy to running backs. Could this finally be the week that David Johnson owners say, hallelujah, this is why I drafted this guy? Yeah, uh, I expect that to be this week. The Chiefs have given up 12 RB1 performances. Just put that into perspective real quick. It's been nine weeks. So three times the backup running back has been an RB1 as well. That's what happens when you get out to big leads. Like You just kind of let the running back go crazy. Yeah, so I mean – David Johnson, Byron Leftwich was using him more as a receiver last game as well and getting him out into space instead of just running it up the gut with him repeatedly. So, And now they just came off a bye where they were able to, I guess, study up the new Byron Leftwich offense. So, I mean, I'm very excited if I'm a DJ owner this week. Jason? Yeah, the Chiefs are allowing 180 yards per game to running backs. That's absurd. Uh, DJ's going to see the majority of that. So that's like... 16 points worth of yards just there if Edmonds gets the other 20 yards. Uh, and he's not game script dependent at all. No matter what the score is, he's going to be the running back out there getting the yards for Arizona. So, it, I mean, there's not a better matchup than this. There, real quick, just rest of the season perspective here. No, we'll move on to next. We'll keep going with next week soon. There was a time when Chase Edmonds, if David Johnson went down, you would blow your entire fab budget on Chase Edmonds. If David Johnson ends up going down, how much fab are you spending on Chase Edmonds? Oh, I mean, he, he'll be a starter running back, so a good amount, but not I mean, now that all, we're really. in week 10, it depends probably all of it. If, if you have a $100 budget from the beginning of the year and you have 50 left, say, I'm dropping the 50 on Edmonds. Interesting. I just don't know. I don't see – I just don't see how he could be productive – in that offense with that offensive line. Yeah, that's not what I'm 
I, I see your point. That's not really what I'm saying. I I wouldn't pick him up knowing that he's going to be a stud. It's right. just that this late in the season, you have to take that chance. As opposed to week one, week two, if David Johnson went down, you're assuming Chase Edmonds is a stud. Um, Christian Kirk, on the other hand, uh, he's been steadily progressing, making moves. He's a rookie wide receiver, so every week he's getting a little better. Uh, him and Josh, Josh Rosen, we've said on the show a bunch of times, if you listen to Veterans Minimum, uh, you know that Nick uh, Deus has been uh, – the lamb, as you guys know, has been all over uh, this chemistry that they have. Uh, is Christian Kirk a guy that you are considering playing in your wide receiver three slash flex this week? That's, that's his middle name at this point, Christian wide receiver three flex Kirk. Uh, that's all he's done since he jumped into this role for Arizona. I think the issue with him is that Larry Fitzgerald is back. He's seen 28 targets in his last three games. Uh, Arizona's established him again now that he's healthier. So I think that uh, Fitz is the receiver you would want over Kirk, but Kirk has put up double-digit points in most of his games that he started. And Kendall Fuller is the best DB in Kansas City, and he's the slot corner, so he'll be guarding Larry Fitzgerald. So uh, he held... Jarvis Landry, Emmanuel Sanders, Tyler Boyd, all outside of the top 36 recently. So I think that this week, Kirk might be the better play, but Fitz is definitely the safer option. Yeah, I'm going with Larry Fitz uh, of the two, but I like both of them as wide receiver three options. Like we said, Byron Leftwich took over. He's implementing more of the Bruce Arians offense. And then we see the Larry Fitz revival of 100 yards and a touchdown last week, uh, excuse me, two weeks ago, 23 Almost 23 and a half half PPR fantasy points. And uh, KC, they've been they've been solid against wide receivers, but they're, it's not like it's a bad matchup for Fitzgerald. So I'm, I'm trusting him more, but I think they're both pretty solid options as wide receiver threes this week. Uh, so are you considering anyone else besides Kirk, Fitzgerald, and Johnson? No. Yeah, definitely Ricky not. Ricky Seals, no. Yeah, yeah, Ricky Seals-Jones has proven to be uh, unreliable. Um, let's He's go proven over. to be just a fun name to say. Very fun. <laughs> let's go over to the side of the Kansas City Chiefs, one of the best offenses in history. Um, you're starting Travis Kelsey with no problem. You're starting Tyreek Hill with no problem. You're starting Kareem Hunt, who's been absolutely. I'm gonna hop in there for a second. Really? I mean, of course you're starting them, right? But Tyreek Hill, odd splits, very odd splits. Uh, if you look at what he's done on the road this season in half PPR, he's averaging 22.5 points per game. That's the stud we all know and love, the cheetah. At home, he's averaging 10.7 half PPR points per game. That is odd. You, uh, that every day. you can argue that he's also going up against Patrick Peterson, but as I've mentioned on this show a lot, I feel like people, people like Tyreek Hill, matchups don't really matter. He's too fast to be guarded anyway. But it's something to think about. He hasn't been performing at home as well. So if he has another down performance this week at home, it's something to look at in the future. Uh, I'm not sure what the Chiefs schedule looks like in the playoffs, weeks 13 through 16. But if it's a lot of home games. 14 through 16. Yeah, 14 through 16. You might want to start looking at that. It's funny how you say 10.7 points a game at home as if it's like a bad thing averaging double-digit points a week in half well, PPR. Well, he's, he's a top-five wide receiver otherwise. Yeah, no, I see that. But, uh, I mean... The Chiefs are home week 14 and 15. Yeah. Actually, this is their last home game before that. 
because they have the Rams and a bye, then Oakland on the road. So, what are the matchups looking like in those games? Uh, he's playing Baltimore at home, and then the Chargers at home. So, I mean, the Chargers are a beatable matchup, but Baltimore definitely is one of the best pat one of the better pass defenses in the league. So, uh, just be on the lookout for that. I feel like, especially in a yearly situation, you're never going to sit Tyreek Hill, but just keep that in mind because when you're looking at guys in your wide receiver three and you're trying to decide. If you have Tyreek Hill at home in a matchup against the Ravens, you might be more inclined to start one of those guys who has a higher upside, uh, Traquan Smith or uh, Deshaun Jackson type, rather than a possession receiver like Cole Beasley, who's definitely going to get you a low floor. I mean, a high floor. So I think like Fitzgerald is a better. No one's really starting Beasley. I mean, just, you know, in, in terms of the style of play. Um, but besides that, so. Let's talk about Sammy Watkins. He missed practice on Wednesday with a foot injury. He has a history of foot injury, so whenever you hear Sammy Watkins plus foot injury, uh, bad things usually follow. Uh, what, are you nervous about Sammy Watkins, and do you think Chris Conley is a play if he misses time? Absolutely not. I'm not starting anyone, uh, any replacement of Watkins. Watkins has been very efficient with his passes this year. Um, I'm, I'm not going to bank on because it can be a lot of different people in that Chiefs offense. They like to spread the ball around when it's not one of their main guys. So they're a very pass-funnel defense. But then they spread it out when they're not passing to their main guys. So I think it'll just stick to that. I don't think there's going to be one person that fills in for Sammy Watkins. That's not someone that I want to start. But Watkins, if he suits up, you got to play him as a wide receiver three. He's been very good this year, very consistent. Keep an eye on his practice uh, tendencies. He missed practice today. Um, I mean, let's we don't have to talk about anyone else on Kansas City. You're letting it rip. Like, yeah, Hunt and Kelsey are locked and loaded, ready to goaded. Kareem Hunt, if you bought Kareem Hunt when we told you to buy him like four weeks ago, congratulations. Uh, you're probably in a good position. Uh, Bills at Jets is the next game. This oh, is yeah. our favorite time of the week, and we can say – even Shady McCoy has a history of shitting the bed every once in a while against the Jets. Doesn't have his best uh, games against the Jets. Uh, but, you know, he's going to be the offense. He's going to get his touches. So if you must start Shady McCoy as your flex or even in the desperation running back too, I'm okay with it. But everyone else, no. Listen, though. Shady McCoy has 24 carries his last three games for a whopping total. Get this of twenty four yards. I mean, you're not you're not starting Shady for his running capabilities at this point because the box is so stacked. You're starting him for his pass catching abilities. I know, but the Bills are literally on pace to be one of the worst offenses of all time. Nathan Peterman still has a job somehow. Um, so let's go over go over to the Jets side. Sam Darnold uh, is not going to play. Darnold, excuse me, is not going to play. Uh, Anderson and Anua both missed practice on Wednesday. Uh, so let's talk about the people who are actually going to be on the field. Elijah McGuire ended up out snapping Isaiah Crowell last week to the, the surprise of many, including us. Uh, what's your outlook on Elijah McGuire against the Bills this week and also going forward the rest of the season? Well, I wasn't super surprised because the Jets got down early and McGuire is the uh, pass catching back. I start. I have McGuire ranked 30th and Crowell ranked 36th. I'd, rather, I'd prefer to start Elijah McGuire. Uh, the Bills, despite their terrible, terrible offense, they have a solid defense. And uh, I think they're 
the Jets are going to need to pass to the running back, gets to make some plays there, and Elijah McGuire should get five receptions or so. So I like his floor as a flex option this week. I'm, I'm not trusting Crowell. I'm going to disagree with Michael here. I mean, I don't really like either this week. But I think against the Bills, you want the guy who's going to score a rushing touchdown, as we saw last week. Tariq Cohen was basically useless. Jordan Howard scored two touchdowns. So uh, Isaiah Crowell is the person you're going to want this week, even though it's not a matchup I'm trying to attack. What I – the Jets also don't really use running backs in the passing game. Uh, McGuire had more work last week than Powell had all of the entire season. So – I'm not going to bank on a pass-catching back in New York when a pass-catching back hasn't really been a role. That's a good point. Um, I like Isaiah Crowell this, this, in this game. I think the Jets, it, especially if Sam Donald doesn't play, they're going to play a little keep away, especially if Anderson and Anunmo, who both missed practice, didn't play. Although, if... Assuming that Robbie Anderson plays. I was just about to say, if Josh McCown... Right when playing, I got the news that Donald was... Yeah. Uh, being benched, uh, not benched, uh, injured, I took Robbie Anderson and I moved him to 30. Um, 30 yeah, ballsy kid over here. Yo, yeah, Josh McCown, Robbie Anderson connection is what you want. I mean, that was just top notch, glorious television last year. Yeah, I agree. That was a it, that's a good that's a good combo. How about Chris Herndon? I think it's time to stop, stop ignoring this guy. He's been putting up tight end numbers that you could start. Every week for the last four weeks. Yeah, I mean, well, we're not – we haven't been ignoring him. We're the Herndon believers over I'm, here. I'm talking about a, the fantasy community in general. He, uh, he was who I said to stream last week if you couldn't get Ben Watson. Both of them ended up having solid games. But uh, it does scare me. I have him – I don't have him really as a streamer this week just because of the Josh McCown, Sam Darnold news. I don't see – Darnold had a connection with – uh, Herndon clearly near the red zone and such, and uh, McCown's a different player. So I'm not trusting a guy who gets like four to five targets a game with a new quarterback. I, I like to wait a, a week or so and see first. Jason? I'm with Michael. He's been good. He's been a good red zone throw for the Jets, but uh, if Darnold misses time, I'm not jumping to start Herndon with a quarterback he's never played with. The Jets defense is one of the better plays this week. Uh, they're probably, the yeah, they're probably a free agent on your waiver wire. Well, they probably were a free agent, probably taken in during the waiver period. And um, I even like the Bills defense, especially if Anderson doesn't play. If Anderson does play, then I downgrade him a little bit. But I think the Bills defense is a is a play this week. Yeah, for I agree. Sure. All right, let's move on to the Jags at the Colts, an interdivision matchup. Uh, the Colts. Uh, have been a defense you could definitely score on. Going back a couple weeks, Derek Carr threw three touchdowns against them, so you know that they're a scorable offense. Um, the Jags have been a dreadful offense, on the other hand, so one has to give. And the big man is back, Leonard Fournette, full practice. Uh, they're hoping he has a clean bill of health. Let's start with him. What are your expectations of a healthy Fournette off the bye? So me and Jason are a little separated here uh, with – Leonard Fournette, just checking to see. Yeah, I have him at 13. Jason has him at 19. I don't see a single reason why Leonard Fournette doesn't skippity-hop right back into his regular 20 to 25 touches a game role. They clearly held him out so he could get 
healthy. He practiced in full today, expecting to he, – he seems to be back to his normal self. And the Jaguars' offense – what are the Jaguars now? Like three and five, and their offense has been absolutely dreadful. Obviously, they're going to think it's because they haven't had their best player, Leonard Fournette, on the field. So I just expect them to force feed him the ball repeatedly. So I think it's a great time to put Leonard Fournette back in your lineup as a low-end RB1. I think the Jags are going to try to get cute, uh, try to protect their prized running back by using Carlos Hyde a bit more than we've ever seen Fournette have to split work. I think that's the, the biggest factor that I'm looking at is, is he going to be off the field like once every four drafts? Yeah, and I also think that TJ Yeldon has proven to be a good pass catching back. RB2 in fantasy so far. And Indy has been vulnerable to through the air. Uh, as you said, Derek Carr. Derek Carr put up 27 points against them. Sam Darnold put up 19. That's the best uh, game he's had this season fantasy-wise. And Blake Bortles has scored at least 19 points in three of his last five games. Uh, the garbage time all-star is putting up QB1 numbers again, somehow, some way, <laughs> while he's on a bunch of benches and waiver wires. You streaming him this week? I have him a lot higher than most people do. I think I have him as my uh, 15th quarterback or something. I think you could get away streaming him this week. That called you crazy. There's way you better know, yeah. streaming options this week. I think that – I listen, not everyone has a Baker Mayfield on their waiver wire. I so, mean, Alex and, Smith, Dak Prescott. So no, I'd rather have Bartles. I'd rather have Bartles than both those guys. I'll bet you that Prescott. QB1 every year. You, what, do you, what were you betting, Michael? Uh, I'm, Prescott I'm outscores Bartles. I'll, I'll, oh, bet, I'll take, I'll that, take that every day of the week. Another two-for-one that I'm going to win. I love winning these two-for-ones against you guys. Psych. <laughs> Last week, what was it? I saw it earlier today. You guys bet me, both of you, that Matt Ryan wouldn't be a QB1. Uh-oh. Matt Ryan was handed a QB1. You know who was a QB1 last week? Tevin <laughs> Coleman. For real, and Julio Jones and all of his yak. The, I, screen pass to Julio. Screen, screen pass, pass to Kevin. A little slant route to Calvin Ridley that he took to the house. Fuck out of here. His average depth of char- target on his four touchdowns was one yard. Wait, yards guys. after catch was 34 yards. But did he end as a QB1? Oh, okay, cool. Let's <laughs> all, right, you know, let's... all right, you know, we got to talk about something real quick. Michael is the one with the bets on his phone. And the only time he brings them up is when he wins one. <laughs> I've been winning at a rapid pace. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, oh, yeah, okay. You just go up there and delete some whenever you're going to lose. And fake news. Fake news. I don't delete. Right. Come on let's, now. Let's go over to the Colts. Uh, Andrew Luck. Hold on, hold on. We got to talk about the pass catchers. Oh, okay. Okay. You're DJ right. Let's Chark talk about those pass catchers. played almost 70% of the snaps last time. I feel like uh, he's passed Keelan Cole on that depth chart. Cole has struggled a little bit. They they put him outside when he was moving around the formation a lot last year, and he just it hasn't panned out. D.D. Westbrook is a slot guy there. So he's the one you want to start. Uh, I'd go – I'd say my order is D.D., Moncrief, Chark, Cole, uh, with the best option being a flex play. Michael, anything to say about the pass catchers? No, yeah, I'm with Jason. I'm not trusting any of them really, but if I had to, I'm going with D.D. and uh, not more than a flex play. So let's flip pass catchers and go over to the Colts sideline. T.Y. Hilton is going up against Jalen Ramsey. He's yet to have a really like T.Y. Hilton game. Um, what are your expectations for T.Y. in this game? Not you know, great. But Jalen Ramsey hasn't really been locked down Jalen Ramsey this year as he was last year. Even I, 
I, he's been good, but he's not hasn't been Jalen Ramsey good. So, yeah, like, like, so sometimes you can get confused. Like, I, like when, like when you're arguing who's better, LeBron or Jordan. Sometimes you're forced to argue against Jordan, but what you're really arguing is two of the best players ever. I think that's what you're, I obviously to a lesser extent, that's what you're doing with Jalen Ramsey. Be careful not to think Jalen Ramsey sucks just because he's not as good as he was last year. Yeah, but he's yeah he's not he him and AJ Boye both haven't been the same, which is a reason why the Jacksonville defense really hasn't been the same. And uh, AJ Boye is expected to miss the game, so that's gonna if Hilton is able to get away from Ramsey a few times, that could be really nice for Hilton. If if even if Luck is only is able to find he has three targets away from Jalen Ramsey, that could result in three huge plays because no one else on that team is really gonna keep up with Ty Hilton. So I don't, I don't love T.Y. Hilton this week being shadowed by Jalen Ramsey, but I also don't hate T.Y. Hilton. I have a more of a low-end wide receiver too because I could see a few big plays coming because he's, he's yet to play healthy with Andrew Luck, really, and he had the bye to rest last week, and I expect him to bounce back this week. I got a, I got a hot take for you guys. I think this time next week, Dontrell Inman becomes one of the most popular pickups in fantasy. I think that the the Colts have been looking for a good number two receiver. Dontrell Inman has the skills. He has the height. He has the athleticism. He's back. He had a big role, and now it's after the bye. Uh, he's going against a corner that's not A.J. Boye, so he's going against someone that's a downgrade. I think Dontrell Inman has a chance to cat, go for 100 yards and a touchdown. Now, am I saying it's likely? No. But I'm saying if you need someone and you're looking to take a shot or if it's a DFS play, I think Dontrell Inman is someone that could be on the waiver wires by this time next week. Ah, damn, Tim. You're going crazy a little bit, huh? Ryan Grant missed last game, which was a reason why Inman had such a huge role. But, I mean, do you give you the hot take kid for a reason? Crazy things have happened. <laughs> okay. I mean, but I'm back to the topic of T.Y. Hilton. He only has five catches in the last two games. He's being carried by touchdowns. Not something you necessarily want against Jacksonville. As much as their team has been worse this year, they're still the best pass defense in the league. It's crazy. It's crazy how everyone's just sleeping on them. I think the addition of Leonard Fournette is going to remind people how good the Jaguars are. Um, let's go over to the running back situation. Then Marlon Mack. This guy can never just have a full practice. It never. He was limited again today in practice, but he's supposed to play uh, – the Jaguars' run defense has been a lot worse than last season. That's something that's definitely been a lot worse. Um, what is the deal with uh, Marlon Mack, and where do you have him ranked this this game? Let's start with Jason since we're starting on Michael so much. Yeah. Thanks, Tim. About it's fucking be- time. It's because you got static in your ears, bro. I'm, trying, I'm not trying to hear that. You got starts with Michael every time. It's like you just have it written down on the back of your brain. I mean, Timmy is clearly just trying to go to the guy with the, the larger football brain. Uh, uh, good one. I'm glad you said that. I have Marlon Mack as my 15th running back this week. Uh, the Indianapolis O-line is one of the best O-lines in the league. Who would have thunk it? Marlon Mack is tops in the league or top five in uh, yards before contact. That's a running back you want any day. Uh, he hardly has to do any work in order to get some yards, and then he's finding the hole after being given one. So I think that you have to keep riding Mac while he's hot. Uh, I think that he'll remain hot. A uh, good running back, good quarterback, good O-line is a combination that you want to use. 
Yeah, um, I have because the injury scares me a little bit, and Jacksonville is just the overall solid defense. So I have Mac as my running back nineteen this week, more of a middle RB two. But yeah, you gotta love what Mac has been doing the last couple of weeks. He went over a hundred yards in back to back games, and the week before that had eighty nine rushing yards and only twelve rush attempts. It's his backfield. He's he's uh he's running. He ran away with it, rightfully so. So I mean, he's a He's going to get 15 to 20 touches, so fire him up. Let's talk about the tight ends. Jack Doyle came back with a bang. Uh, now, after the bye week, I expect him to be even more involved in the offense, as opposed to E. Breezy, who, if you were starting him at tight end, you were looking good for a while, uh, but he's super touchdown dependent now. Uh, do you think that Jack Doyle has a good game? And let, let's say this is the decision I'm have to make this week. Do I start Vance McDonald on Thursday, or do I start Jack Doyle on Sunday? Uh, what would you guys do if you were me, and how do you feel about Jack Doyle? Tim, I think that's not even a predicament. You need to get your so-called head out of your so-called tuchus because tuchus? Jack Doyle is the answer. Sound like, like a tuchus. 60-year-old rabbi. That, that was the point. That, that was the point. I don't know why I decided to go that route, but I did. <laughs> uh, in three games that Doyle's been active, he has out-snapped Ebron 193 to 71, and he's run 101 pass routes to Ebron's 44. So Doyle is the clear tight end one. Uh, Andrew Luck throws almost as much as anyone in the league. So he's been productive every time he's out there. There's no reason not to start Jack Doyle. It's not like tight end is a position that you need to shy away from when you're playing Jacksonville. I, th- I even think Michael has Doyle rated too low as number nine. Yeah, Jason's pretty damn high on Jack Doyle this week. I just, I don't love it because of the matchup against Jacksonville, so I have more of as a low-end tight end one. I don't think Doyle and McDonald is as far of a stretch as Jason is making it seem. I'd still go Doyle, but I don't think it's ridiculous to go McDonald over him, but uh, he... I mean, he's locked in for a pretty big workload every week as the lead tight end in Indy. So. I like it. Uh, anyone else you want to move on? I mean, uh, anyone else you want to talk about in this game before we move on? I think we good. All right, let's go to our next matchup. Our next one is the Lions at the Bears. Matt Stafford was sacked 10 times last week. Khalil Mack is on track to return. Uh, I love the Bears' defense this week. How about you guys? Um, the uh, – what's it called? The Lions' offense was just super trash last week without Golden Tate. And uh, it's it might have been just showing that Minnesota defense is back on track or it could have been showing that Detroit is now just in shambles. We'll see – this week against an even better Chicago Bears defense, but I do not love the outlook really for anyone on that team, for Galladay and Marvin Jones. Galladay has just, ever since the bye, for some reason, they just completely fades him out of their offense. I just don't understand that he's one of the most talented young receivers in the game. Uh, Marvin Jones is back to being uh, a, a solid fantasy option with Golden Tate not there. TJ Jones did whatever. They brought in Bruce Ellington actually a few days ago, so he might even steal some work from TJ Jones. Bruce Ellington had a few solid games for Houston out of the slot last year. So that's something to keep an eye on. But uh, Kyle Fuller, Prince of Mukamara, they've they've been locking down receivers this year. Prince of Mukamara has actually been 
much better on Chicago than he was on the Giants. It just shows you how a pass rush can help a cornerback because it's a lot easier to lock down a receiver for three seconds than it is to lock him down for 3.5 seconds. And yeah. if you think I'm, I'm cutting, I'm splitting hairs, well, that's the NFL. Yeah, true that. So uh, I don't love Jones or Galladay really this game. I do have them both in wide receiver two territory just because of the wide receiver landscape and they could both break out a long one at any time. But if Galladay does not perform well again this week, then he's going to have to be pushed down to like flex level or even benched until they figure out how to use him correctly. Yeah, I feel that I was forced to put Galladay where I did uh, at my 25th receiver with the buys. He's just someone I'm willing to take a chance on over other people in case he does get the targets that he should get. But, you know, Matt Staff has been a quarterback one one time this season, zero times since week four. His O-line is a mess. He got sacked, what, double-digit amount of times. Golden Tate's off the team. Chicago is a great defense. So I'm not starting Stafford. I think that Marvin Jones, he's seen 22 targets since Detroit's by. He's a wide receiver, too, at the moment. He's Stafford's favorite target now. Galladay is a wide receiver three-ish. You hope that he sees more work. And then I, I don't love this game for on Johnson either. We saw last week that he has a low floor-ish one. I mean, I've mentioned this before, the same argument that I've used for Christian McCaffrey before these last two weeks. It, he doesn't find the end zone. There's no path for him to get touchdowns. Well, Garrett Blunt is a goal line back. Uh, Theo Riddick is the pass game back. So, Carrion Johnson has to have a 20-yard rush in order to find the end zone, so it really limits his upside. And when it's a matchup like Chicago, it's not a great uh, it's not a great time to be starting him. Well, Carrion Johnson, he does – it is a bad matchup. I think he's more of a flex option this week because Chicago is only allowing 85 yards a game to running backs and only one rushing touch, touchdown on the whole season, actually. So, But Carrion Johnson was – Basically cemented in as the running back last week. He had five targets as well. Theo Riddick saw targets, but he was on the field with Johnson a few times. He was in the slot a few times. So it's not like Carrion Johnson ran, wasn't. Riddick ran 13 rounds from the slot. Yeah, so it's not like Carrion Johnson wasn't the pass catching back. He had five targets. So if he's locked into 15 rushes and five targets a week, the, the Bears are probably the worst defense you could play if you're a running back right now. But going forward, you got to be happy with what's going on there. Could buy it could be a nice buy low candidate this, at this time next week. Carry on Johnson. Um, is there anyone else you guys want to talk about in this game? I mean, well, for the Lions, I'm gonna hop over to the Bears to tell you why I don't really like anyone in this game. So hold on, hold on. So you're telling me not to start Mitch? I, I think Mitch Trubisky is a great start in this game. No, I disagree. Uh, if you look at the way Detroit has been playing after they got out of their bye, it's Right out of the 1920s, their game script is just run the ball, take up all the time of possession, play as little defense as possible. And it has been hurting fantasy players uh, week in, week out. We saw what happened with Minnesota last week. Adam Thielen couldn't get 200 yards because he didn't have enough chances to. Uh, The average plays run per game in the NFL is 63. So now let's look at Detroit's last three games. All of them. They've held the opponent to less than 63. Now, let's look at the specific opponent. The Dolphins, their average is 56 plays run per game because they just suck at football. 
They only ran 50 plays against Detroit. Uh, Seattle, their average is 63. They ran 59 plays against Detroit. Minnesota's average is 65. They ran 44 plays against Detroit. That's 51 plays per game against Detroit the last three weeks. That's 12 less plays than the NFL average. Uh, when you're looking at a team like Chicago where you need a touchdown for Howard to be relevant, you need a long play at the moment for Cohen to be relevant because of lack of volume. Uh, Miller, Gabriel, Miller and Gabriel are fighting for scraps with A-Rob out with not a lot of opportunity to go around. And then Trubisky is relying on his legs. And last week we saw that when he doesn't use his legs and he's not in a game where he has to uh, put up a lot of points, he has a lower floor. So I don't think this is a great game for the Bears in general. All right, so first of all, Trubisky didn't have to do anything because they scored two defensive touchdowns. Second of all, it's a lot harder to control the time of possession when you're playing the Bears defense. So you do bring up you do bring up two good points, but I don't think it's to the point where it's sit your bears. I also like Cohen and Howard both as RB two this week. I prefer Cohen because the Detroit Detroit's just really bad against the rush. They're allowing five yards per carry and over 140 yards per game on the ground. So we saw Terry Cohen not get super involved last week. I think that changes again this week. He was an RB one for four straight weeks before last week, and now he had one bad game, and people are super hesitant to say that he's an RB2 this week, which I don't really understand. You know what's funny? Michael just had this exact same conversation with me as he was trying to trade me to Cohen. I have them both as running back twos. I prefer Howard this week. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if we're all disappointed. All right. Uh, anyone else in this game you guys want to talk about? Let's, let's talk about the pass catchers. We haven't talked about that yet. Trey Burton has either been hit or miss. Um, is this a hit or a miss game for Trey? Miss. Uh I'm not loving – I'm actually yeah, – I'm not loving his outlook for this game either. Just be not because it's like a, a bad matchup or anything. Detroit's not really great against opposing tight ends. It's just, like Jason said, the pace of play. And I just really don't see Burton getting super involved. But if you have him, you're probably starting him. Uh, what about the pass-catching options on the outside? Allen Robinson uh, missed the game last week. Uh, he practiced in full, though, today, so that, so that hurts the value of Anthony Miller. Uh, Allen Robinson has not been anything to write home about. He's had a couple of good games, but nothing crazy. Uh, what are your – what is – what do you – okay, I can't even speak. What is your outlook on the pass catchers for Chicago? Also, let's throw Taylor Gabriel in that mix. Then I have to uh, edit my wide receiver rankings because I made them without knowing Allen Robinson practiced in full. So there you go. Um, so I'm going to have to move down Taylor Gabriel. And uh, Anthony Miller, I think, could stay put as like a lower end-ish flex. Interesting, option. because – I mean, so Michael, uh, lower Michael, end-ish wide receiver three this week. So, Michael, let's let's talk about that because the, the prevailing, like, uh, you know, regular knowledge that's going out right now is that Anthony Miller is the guy who's going to be – who's going to have his targets taken away when Allen Robinson come back. But you're suggesting that's going to be Taylor Gabriel. Why is that? Because uh, Anthony Miller is basically taking over the slot role. So Taylor Gabriel's outside is a screen slash big play wide receiver whose role has basically been dwindling over the past few weeks as Anthony Miller's role has moved way up seven targets two weeks ago and then six targets last week, including a rush attempt in each game. So 
Anthony Miller is who I'd rather take a gamble on. And he does have a red zone touchdown as well, Anthony Miller. And he's been he got targeted in the red zone again last week, so he is utilized there as well. So Anthony Miller is someone I like as a wide receiver three, albeit low end, but wide receiver three or flex option this week. Jason? Jason? I, yeah, I think that Taylor Gabriel, his role hasn't dwindled. It's just that he's not connecting with the long. Ball. Yeah, he's boomer bust. He's boomer bust. His role is the same. It's just that is he going to catch it or is he not going to catch it? And you also have to rely on Trubisky to make an accurate throw, which isn't always the best thing to rely on. Uh, so, but I do. I'm going to disagree a bit with Michael here. I'm not going to start Anthony Miller. Fallon Robinson comes back. They're not a team that passes too much. Um, and when they do pass, a lot of those targets go to Tree Cohen. So, Trey Burton. The receivers are all fighting for a certain amount of targets. That the number isn't too high. And when Robinson is around, it's not really Anthony Miller who you see getting targets. All right, so let's move on to our last game of the slate. Uh, Saints at Bengals. The over-under is 54, so this one looks like it's going to be a shootout. But let's start outside with the big news. Today, Des Bryant signed with the Saints. Um, Someone in our league paid $64 in fab for him. Uh, Ridiculous, in my opinion, but, you know, to each his own. What role do you think he has in the Saints offense, and do you think he starts making a difference right away? I think the Saints, if they're smart, they put Des Bryant in the slot. I think that's where they get. I think he, he needs to be taking that Cam Meredith role, which hasn't really worked out for for. Yeah, him. Meredith and Carr have both tried, but it just hasn't been working out for either of them. And then you got Des Bryant, who could also be a big uh, red zone threat guy for them as well if they use utilize him down there. But obviously, you're not playing him this week. He just signed with the team. I wouldn't be surprised if he's inactive or if he is active, plays like 10 to 15 snaps. It would be great to see him catch a touchdown this week, though. But, uh, I mean, you just got to fire up all your high-end Saints this week. Um, The Bengals have been really, really bad fantasy-wise against all positions this year. So, I mean, I'm firing up Alvin Kamara, Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, Mark Ingram. Um, Despite the great matchup, I don't love Mark Ingram this week. I have him as a lower... And uh, RB2 flex option. He's my running back 27. Just because he's basically fell almost completely out of favor out of that backfield. And so Alvin Kamara's backfield. And Mark Ingram just spells him now and then basically over the past two weeks. And rightfully so because Alvin Kamara is the much better player. So I'm not trusting Ingram as more of an, more than a flex option. And Traquan Smith is also someone I don't really love this week. He definitely has a big play potential in this matchup. But it's very risky. As we saw last week, if he didn't catch that touchdown, he would have ended with one catch for like eight yards. So uh, obviously your auto starting Thomas and Kamara, like Michael said, what's your, what's your feelings on Mark Ingram, Jason? Uh, Mark Ingram, I'm going to side with Michael here. Uh, he just – he's a change of pace back in that offense at the moment. He's not the goal line back. He's not the passing back. He's really just another guy that comes in and touches the ball a few times. And – We've seen him be productive with that in the past. And, he I mean, he's being relatively productive in his role at the moment, but he's not scoring touchdowns. So he's going to need – he's going to be a touchdown-dependent running back to play. Otherwise, it's going to be a flex play. I was very surprised when we were asking people a lot of questions like best pick of the draft. And a lot of people were saying Mark Ingram in the eighth round or something, whatever they took him. 
And it was after one game. And I was like, well, chill out here. It's, it's one game. We don't really know if it was your best pick. And right now, now, it's not looking like it was a great pick. And not to flex or nothing, but I was preaching the stay away from Mark Ingram doctrine. First of all, when he came back, he had a bye week the following week. And then second of all, like, there was always a chance that Alvin Kamara took over the lead back role in that backfield because he's so good, and you could see it now. He's clearly the lead back. This is not a 50-50 split like it was last week, last year. All right, so let me give you some in or outs, and you tell me who you'd rather play this week. Mark Ingram or Matt Breida? Matt Breida. Breida. Mark Ingram or Deion Lewis? Deion Lewis. Mark Ingram or Tevin Coleman? Tevin Coleman. Mark Ingram or Tariq Cohen? Coleman. Wow. Wow. Okay. So you guys are low on on Ingram this week. I mean, you named some guys who I think are all very good options this week. So Those Coleman are all, is a, I'm, Coleman I'm is a very good play. Like RB2, RB3 fringe guys. Coleman is a little bit above that because it's, because he has the backfield for himself now. But that's basically what I was going for. Let's talk about Drew Brees. Drew Brees usually on the road. Um, not as good. One of the reasons why I'm a little higher on Mark Ingram this week than you guys are is because I feel like the Saints run more on the road, pass more at home. Drew Brees takes a little bit of a backseat at home, but the Bengals have given up the fourth most points at the fantasy QB. Um, usually it's sit Drew Brees on the road. How are you guys feeling about it this week? If you look at the Bengals' last three games, they've allowed 470 yards to the Bucks, 358 yards to Mahomes, and 369 yards to Road Ben. If road Ben Roethlisberger can do it, road Drew Brees can do it. <laughs> uh, when a team is allowing this many passing yards, it's over and over. And, you know, it's Drew Brees. He's had startable road games before. It's not like you need to stay away from him on the road. You have to stick by him, and he, he'll have a good game. Michael? Yeah, yeah agreed. He's having one of the best seasons of, like, any quarterback ever this year. It's, it's pretty ridiculous how good he is, so you – you're firing him up if you have him. Cougar of the year. That's right. Cougar of the year. Um, the big that's news. That's a good one. The big news for Cincinnati is the injury to AJ Green. He's going to miss at least two games, and then he's going to be reevaluated. So a lot of people are taking it as a good news that he's that he's only like supposed to miss two weeks. But it's not as if he's going to come back in two weeks. He's being reevaluated in two weeks. And whenever it's AJ Green, you know the injuries that AJ Green tend to linger. Uh, he's he's had a lot of healthy seasons, but when he does get injured, it's never just like miss two games. It's always linger on and on. So if you're an AJ Green owner, um, you're obviously worried about that. But let's talk about the other options around him. Uh, Tyler Boyd has already been a stud uh, wide receiver too, uh, not only on his team but in fantasy this year. Um, does he take a step up with uh, with AJ Green going going down, or does he take a step back now that he has to be the number one? target and take on number one corners i'm just gonna hop in and say that all right so i'm gonna answer two different questions here firstly i think that tyler boy tyler boy is in the slot so aj green being out doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be facing the number one cornerback that's all true, means that's is true. That there's 10 targets open so i think that this uh it's either going to not affect Boyd, he's still going to be good, or it'll give him a little boost. I don't see it hurting him because he's a slot receiver. If he was a perimeter receiver, then I think it would hurt him because he has to go up against better cornerbacks. All right, that's the answer to that question. The other question, <laughs> uh, I'm just going to talk about the Bengals altogether. I think that this is going to be a blowout, and I think that I'm surprised about how high the over-under is for this game. I'll definitely take the under here. I think the Saints are going to beat them 28 
31 to 3. I don't see anything. Three. I don't, I don't like Andy Dalton as a streamer this week. I have him what? at uh, 16 just because it's the Saints defense. But the Andy Saints, Dalton. So you know, the Saints have given up the most points per game. I'm aware, but to Andy the quarterback Dalton in fantasy. Has underperformed over and over again this year in good matchups. He's putting up 16 against teams that you expect him to be a top 12 quarterback against. And now A.J. Green is out. John Ross is coming back from injury. He's going to have to face Marcus Adamar. Yeah, all right. Good, good luck, John Ross. C.J. Uzuma is his second best weapon at the moment. Tyler Boyd, someone who people were writing off before the year, is his only weapon. If you look at running backs, uh, Joe Mixon has 58 receiving yards over his last four games. He's basically just a running back for that team. Sure, New Orleans has the running back. New Orleans has the best run defense in the league at the moment. So that it's a bad matchup for Mixon. They did hold Todd Gurley under 100 all-purpose yards. Yeah, it's impressive. a bad matchup for Mixon. I don't love Mixon's matchup this week. I think that it's going to be a disgusting game for the Bengals. Saints are 27th in DVOA against the pass catcher. Pass catcher and running back? Is yeah. Yeah, what I'm saying is Mixon is 58 yards in his last four games. He's not even a pass catching running back. They're just not using him. All right. Anyone else in this game you like, guys would like to talk about? Uh, let's talk about C.J. Uzuma before we go. I think C.J. Uzuma gets a giant uptick in red zone targets with A.J. Green out. I think he's going to become the red zone favorite. Well, how do you guys I guess, feel about that? I mean, I'm, I'm not loving I'm not, C.J. Uzuma. He just, yeah, he's just not really involved in that offense much. I'm not banking on a guy who's seeing four targets a game from Andy Dalton. Yeah. All right. With that being said, that is the end of our first half of games. Tune in uh, immediately after this in order to get the second half of games. Uh, if you need to talk to us and ask us your opinion again, BrotoFantasy.com is where we get all the rankings. At BrotoFantasy on Twitter is where we give you rapid uh, start-sit decisions on Sunday morning and throughout the week. It's also the place where you can get uh, Michael and Jason's the, you know, expertise and my expertise. Uh, if you get us on our personals, we will answer you, but we're more likely to answer you quickly on Brodo Fantasy, at Brodo Fantasy again. Also, we tweet every single touchdown as it comes live. Uh, Michael, where could they find you? Mike underscore Patrop. Jason? Jason Patrop. At Tim Patrop on all social media outlets, but only if you're feeling real, real, real frisky. It sounds so weird over the phone. Uh, we are coming at you with the second half of games in just a second. Uh, yep, that's it. See you soon.